Jesus lives in us, and one of his names is Lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm just going to read from Revelation where that is mentioned. This is from a scene in heaven. Then I wept because no one could be found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop crying. Look at the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir of David's throne. He's conquered. He is worthy to open the scroll and break the seven seals. There is something in Jesus' character and his nature, what he's called, is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And a lion has many characteristics. A female lioness, you've messed with her cubs, you're dying of death. You've seen the male lions there fighting, but there's something authoritative, there's something strong, there's something about a jungle that I've not yet heard of that maybe could go on my bucket list, to hear that roar throughout the jungle of a lion's roar that says, I'm in authority, the king of the jungle is here. And that may send shivers down your spine, down your spine or your back. Because the authority in that law, it has the power to back it up. You mess with me, you my team. And there's something about the character of God that lives in us, because Jesus lives in us, that is a roaring, reigning, bold and fearless lion. Now our personalities may display these qualities in different ways. You don't have to be super loud and extrovert or whatever. But there are those strengths within us. And you know, Satan the devil does not like the lion in you. He will try to imprison you, he'll try to tame you, so that you are less dangerous to him. If he can domesticate your faith and relationship with God, then he will, because you are far less dangerous when you're domesticated. There is a lion in you, and he doesn't want that lion exercising its authority and being there. And I've got to tell you, there are some points in my life when the lion of the tribe of Judah has roared in and through me. But there are also times when the roar has been silenced as the lion in me has been caged through fear, failure and apathy. When I've roared, people have been challenged and equipped. Lives have been changed. Youth groups encountered God, new grounds claimed to have won, barriers broken down, the word of God released, charities and ministries set up. That's when I let the roar of God come through my life, that authoritative, that uh, boldness, that obedience, and doing what God's told me to do. And um, there are times, obviously, when that roar is silenced. The question is, what is the life expectancy of the lion in us? What is the life expectancy of the lion in us? See, I'm now 60 years old. Is the time for the lion in me over? No. Do we bring in the tabby cat for Jimmy? Okay? And our national conference, which is why we've got praise thing in. This week, God showed me that the lion in me should still be there, and it has been recently caged, and consequently, its roar has been silenced. Some of this is my doing, not making enough time to spend with God. Some of this is life, turning 60 and adjusting to all the next pain and natural aging process. 
and mental process that comes with that, where the 60 plus AB, kind of like, yeah. 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 I can only do 16 at once, not 17 like you used to. Some of it is a subtle of agenda of Satan to turn the good things that I set up to do, to serve God in, that are now getting in the way of my true calling and my true role, that towards the end of my life needs to be turned up and not turned off. Come on, more of that later. So this week I've decided to uncage the line in me. That, by the way, is a health warning to myself. That was my introduction. My title for today is... Technology. Are you going to believe it or It's only a title. Yeah, I'm not going to go with you. Standing on the shoulders of giants. What does that phrase mean? That phrase means discovering truth by building on previous discoveries. Why be discovering yourself and spend the effort to do that when you can find out what somebody's discovered and stand in that truth of discovery to discover something else, push it further, yeah? And there is a famous person that's quoted as saying, saying this. So Isaac Newton, widely regarded as one of the most influential scientists in history, and is most famous for discovering gravity, ample head and all that sort of stuff, said, I have seen further by standing on the shoulders of giants. I'm going to read you from Hebrews chapter 12. There it goes. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew that would be his afterwards. Now he is seated in the place of highest honour, beside God's throne in heaven. Think about all he endured when sinful people did such terrible things to him so that you don't become weary and you don't give up. Now, if there's a pair of giant shoulders to stand on that we're standing on today, it's Jesus' shoulders. All he achieved for us by being willing to be um, persecuted, crucified, ridiculed, misunderstood, he went and did it so that the joy from the position he attained, he grew into, he could see you sitting here today. And when the God who gets on me was tempted to jack it all in and say, oh no, this is too hard, he saw you saved, redeemed, restored, and with a future. That's why he did it. We are standing on those massive shoulders today. So we don't go back and try it work out how to get into God's presence by creeping up to him or, or kind of, you know, blackmailing him with stuff or trying to, you know, I've done this good today, God, you know, because you know. Don't do that. Stand on the shoulders of discovery, of salvation, of freedom, of hope, of a future, of God being in us, of God being empowered in us. We've got to stand on those shoulders. But also it mentions there a huge crowd of witnesses. These are the life of faith. These are people that have believed in Jesus, have now run their race, and God has called time, and they've gone to be with him. Those people, they said, are a crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. And we're living out our lives in 
the sight of those and in the memory of those. There are people, Christians, who have um, gained ground that we can stand on their shoulders. There are those in that number that have fought and taken new ground to discover the truth of salvation by faith and not good works, water baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, priesthood of all believers, worship, getting the Bible into our hands in a language we can understand, women in leadership, and on and on and on and on. All pay the price to bring us this truth, some even at the cost of their own lives. They are the witnesses. They grew to giants of faith so that we can stand where we are today. Why don't you give them a clap? Don't let that faith be tamed in you. 
so that you're comfortable with it. Yeah. When was the last time God made you really uncomfortable? Wow. Maybe it was the, the giving day that we had, and he asked you to do something that was a bit uncomfortable, a bit out of your bank balance. I don't know. But when was the last time that God challenged you? How much have you grown, Christians that have been a Christian for a while, in the last year? And church, collectively as a church, we've been obedient, we've been brave, we've stepped out and done stuff, we've gone out into the community, we're working really, really hard. And hands up if you've been impacted by that work. Well, you have, because you've got safe here, so put your hand up. The community you have been done, you've been impacted by the work, or stuff that you preach about. We've all been, I'll put your hands down, we've been impacted, but it's great. Is that enough? No. No. We need not to stay at this level, but we need to be more intentional about um, where we're moving to. So what is God challenging you about at the moment? And if you say nothing, I very respectfully, kindly, pastorally, lying rawly say to you, you're not growing. Right? Because you can't grow without being challenged. And if you've not been challenged about something in your closeness of your walk with God, or your giving, or your service, or your attitude, or how much you, you, you gossip the gospel, if we're not challenged about stuff, then we're not growing, I respectfully say, go and have a big conversation with God about such a growth, okay? So, we can, we can rise to Is there any more room for growth? Finding out what did and didn't work, yeah. or whatever. 
they just were in my, under my leadership authority in a different church, under inter-church um, youth thing, and thought, well, I love that. Great fish, that's all. They moved all the pace. Moved, and, and I'm thinking on their shoulders. They're now working in line with Bradford. <coughs> come on, come on, guys. They were standing on my shoulders. Yeah. And <coughs> it cost me to get there. I don't know what you think about me, Dave. I don't know. better not tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you think, oh, well, they were born like this. <coughs> they were always anointed like this. They always knew how to do this. No, we didn't. We've had to take every small step that God has put in front of us to get where we are today, wherever that is. It cost financially, spiritually, emotionally. I've been mislabeled, misunderstood, opposed, unpaid, poorly paid. I've been told I am the worst thing in the world and I'm a rebel. I've been told that I'm a woman. How dare they tell me I'm a woman? You can't do that because you're a woman. Come on. Yeah, right. Well, I know until God tells me I'm a woman. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And it's cost me. And it's cost me. So, personally, how about you? Yeah. Look back at where you are. Count the cost. Is it worth it? Yeah. Boy, it's worth it. Yeah. Dave and I are experiencing more fruit in these last part of our last part of our ministry than we've ever experienced before. Because God blesses obedience. And to do church with people like you is amazing. And we can do so, so much more. So have you been growing? Yeah? Have you grown again from that way over there? Maybe like I said to you the beginning day. Did God really challenge you? Maybe you need, to, you need to step up. She's going to love this. She's going to think, what the heck is going on? It's a surprise that you can go to break dancing in the notices and all sorts. Maybe. Maybe God's going to, and Wes has already mentioned it this morning, Wes wants to be a hilarious giver. Maybe God wants you to be a sacrificial giver. Maybe God wants you to be a creative giver. What about service? Are you serving God here? That's right. Have you rolled your sleeve up and said, yeah, actually, I can do that? And if you are serving, are we doing it to the most excellent we can with the best attitude? Are we giving, are we going the extra mile with it? Are we taking ownership of it? Oh, well, I'll do this because that's all that Astrid expects me to when, when she asks me to do this. No, 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 no. Are we taking ownership and saying, well, Astrid, I'm taking this on and I'm going to do this really well? And the supernatural. Come on. Guys, we are doing great community work. And there are people sitting in these seats because we've done that. Yeah. But unless we step up the supernatural power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we are not going to touch this centennial stone. We need to be stepping up constantly, using spiritual gifts. We need to be laying hands more often on the sick and then being healed. We need to step up spiritually. We need the prophetic in here. We need the word of God coming in here. That God said this, this is the direction. We need it, but we need to step up and it's going to be costly. Horizon. You're not distracted if that went fall off, Horizon. If you've come into Horizon since it's been Horizon, 
you may think this is how we've always been. We've got going to be eight years old in October. And you may have joined us with Dr. St. Harry at the break because that was God's plan all along. He saw that. But do you know what? It cost us to get here. Yeah. Yeah. And Horizon being here all that time, don't forget how much it cost us. Because I'm telling you, it's going to cost us more to get further. Yeah. It's going to cost us more to get further. God has been stretching us. He stretched us when we were first in the church. Can we really give 10% away? We can't even afford to pay our staff. Or we can't even afford the stuff our overheads. Yes, we can, because it's right. We do what God says. We work to his principles. We need to grow more. We need to grow more. We need to believe for bigger, for better. Is there any higher that God wants us to go to? Trustees agree, we're a little bit mad about how it's going to happen, I don't know. 
I don't particularly think a volunteer can do it because there's a lot of financial responsibility there, but if that's you, let me know. We may have to pay someone to do it. And I'm like, okay, so yeah, I'm going to step out of this and we're going to do it. And then I stood up in a conference and said, God, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And then God said to me, are you prepared to give some of your salary to pay that person? Which I told my husband as I walked out that uh, <laughs> he was like, right, think about this. I don't know if it's going to come to that, but you know what? If that is the faith challenge for me, to give some of my salary away to somebody else to do the admin that's keeping me as a case line, and I have to go and do what I am called to do, then so be it. And then we can't, 
We've now got the stock. It's, it's like the children of, of, of Israel. They were given manna and, and water all around the desert, but as soon as they got into Jericho and into the promised land, that dried up and they had to work for it. They had to fight for it. And I was thinking, God's saying, if you want to go to another level horizon, You've got to work for it in prayer. You've got to fight for it in prayer. You've got to put yourself out, get from behind your TV screen and come together and we've got to pray. We've got to do some spiritual warfare over our estate, over our church, if we want it to grow. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Outreach. We need to ask God, how do we reach more people? Fasting. We've got to do some fasting, okay. and we'll teach you about that. So don't start hanging up about whether I can't eat or whatever. There's loads of ways you can do yeah, fasting. Right. But we've got to be serious. We've got to say, God, we want to be the highest level we possibly can be. Worship. There's more steams in there. There's more. Loads more we can do. Let's not be caged in by what we're used to or what other people's songs they produce that we can sing. I love an anthem from Horizon to rise up over our estate that we can sing. And I'm going to prophesy, girl, you are one of the people that's going to write that anthem. Amen. Come on. It's true. Come on. You, Samantha, don't you tell me <laughs> Definitely. You need to stop listening from God. We need an anthem over our estate. And guys, <laughs> I've already started praying more. I'm giving you notice. God is already speaking to us about this place. Yeah. Building is not big enough. Yeah. Pray for the leaders. To hear from God to work out how on earth we make that happen. Right. On paper, it's impossible. Yeah. But you don't look at paper, you look at God. So I'm saying, guys, you need to be ready for change. You need to be ready for challenge. Because we are going to grow this church to the highest point possible while ever I'm in leadership, to a point, the highest point we can possibly go. To save the next generation below having to climb those last few steps. Why can't they put their energy from going where we are now into where we should be? I thank God for the shoulders of my parents yeah. that I stood on. Wrong. And the shoulders of my granddad who pioneered in the Assembly of God Church in Nottingham. I thank God for my spiritual heritage. You might not have any of that. <laughs> Leave. 
Because we're going to count the costs and we're going to do whatever's necessary. We're used to taking risks. I never want us to stop taking risks. We'll do things differently. We're prepared to do things differently. We don't finance differently in this church. This is the first church that I've been into where we say, God, what do you want us to do? Then we work out how much it costs, and then we say, oh, well, that's what you've got to give us then, because this is what we're going to get in, and it's nowhere near that. I've been in churches where they look at the budget, then they divvy it up between departments, yeah. and you are restricted then to have that amount. We don't do it like that here. That's why we have faith challenges. Yeah. My dad said to me the other week, you don't have to ask your church for a lot of money, don't you? Mm -hmm. I mean, I ain't seen nothing yet, <laughs> Because I'm prepared to invest my life in financing. Are you prepared to invest yours? Because it's not about building horizons the biggest or the best church. It's nothing about that. It's about what God is asking us to do to be growing into the giants that we can become so that other people can stand on our shoulders. Are you in? That's right. Okay. It's our time. It's my time. It's your time to grow. Yeah? Yeah. No, no. I want you, when I'm going to close your eyes, I want to see I'm growing. If God has personally challenged you about something you personally, not talking about church, we're coming to church with me. Has God personally challenged you about something that you know is the next step, you know what it is? Whether it's to sort something out in your past so that it can stop hindering you, take the bars down of the cage and let the lion out. Whether it's something in ministry area or serving or whatever it is, if that's you and you know God's challenged you and you want to take that step, stand to your feet. I won't be everyone. And this is really wacky, and you're not allowed to be here. But some of you, I believe, as a prophetic, obedient statement that was going to break through the bars and the, and the restrictions you've got over your moment, need to come and stand on one of those other steps. And if, if it's not personal to you, you need to shout it out. Are you saying anything wrong or is it personal to you? At the moment it's personal to you. That's fine. Okay, that's good. You just said before God may get off the steps or yeah. the coming. When you get on the steps, if it's not personal to you and you want to shout it out, say it. You're not being asked over personal. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's fine, that's cool, we know what it is. Anybody else need to step stand up? This is not a gimmick, this is like I know that I want to go and publicly declare that because I'm breaking whatever ceiling I've got to or whatever got. If you, if you don't want to stand on the step because you're 60 plus, then you just come and stand next to the step and put your hand on it. So anyone else? I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't want to badger you into this. For some of you, you know that's what your next step is. 